I got at 11 and a half million reasons why you should listen to the Leafs cast today. The Leafs cast is back now. Wait, I pushed the wrong one. Oh, and he got it away in a hurry. It's a willy and one I this week. Good save. Great opportunity for Richie. Listen, they're next to that's, each other on the thing. That's more like it. Let's get I something on brand. I think Nylander scored about 80 goals since that one happened. I need a I, new I, one, I, I too. It always puts him in a bad mood whenever Nick Ritchie's name is mentioned early in the pod. And Ryan. <laughs> and me, I guess. But Some PTSD. Welcome back. It's been a while. Lots to talk about, too, right? Lots to talk about. Jeez. You know, the last time that we potted, Steven, you drilled Tim and I with an incredibly difficult World Juniors quiz. And uh, Team Canada didn't really live up to the to the expectations that you had for them. Were you pretty disappointed watching the boys fall flat? That was a bummer. I think it's the – I think they were saying like it's the first time Team Canada has been out in, uh, in the semis in like 20 years or something like that. So, I mean, I watched all the games and pretty much all the other teams as well. I didn't have tons of hope after the round robins that Canada was actually going to go all the way. But um, – I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I mean, most of our listeners are Canadian, so you're like preaching to the choir here, but I'll, um, everybody else can take a lap talking about how Canada's no longer the best country at hockey when their like best five players are just already in the NHL. So we'll settle <laughs> down here, okay? Congrats to the USA, uh, and Sweden and poor Norway. I and think they got relegated. That's the end of the tournament for me. Looking forward to next year. <laughs> Looking forward to next year. Looking forward to see Fraser Minton in, uh, ma- wearing a blue maple leaf on his chest. But, guys, that's not the maple leaf that uh, people are tuning in to listen about. William Nylander, eight more years. $92 million. Biggest contract in maple leaf history by total dollar value is going to William Nylander. It's crazy. What was your initial thoughts when you guys heard the deal? <laughs> Honestly, the first thought that I had was as soon as I heard those ninety-two million for Nylander, I'm thinking like, man, we were getting ready to give Shohei Otani six hundred million. So like, what the heck? Small, <laughs> small potatoes compared. That's to the Shohei. first thing I was thinking. Of. No, you know yeah. what? Listen, there, there's a lot. There's a lot that you could think about the William Nylander deal. I'm sure we'll get into all the details of it. But the first thing you think of is just like, not a lot of teams in the NHL get a talent like William Nylander. This guy's on pace for, I think, around like 50 goals and 100-plus points right now in in this season. And any team, all 32 of them, would love to have a talent like that on their team. And it's too bad that we live in this salary cap era because any other time, you just look at this and celebrate. We have a, an unbelievable talent, William Nylander, who's going to be here not only like we've enjoyed him for the past seven years or whatever it's been, but, like, for the next eight years, he's going to spend his whole career, his entire prime here as a Maple Leaf. He's going to be top of the charts. We're going to see him dancing around. It'll be very fun watching him do his thing. He's, he's been in our lives for so long, he might as well stick around. Eighth overall pick in the 2014 draft. I saw a picture the uh, uh, yesterday with him, Phil Kessel, and Dion Phaneuf on the ice together. That's how long he's been around. So you you could say just for kind of having to be a part of the team for so long, he deserves, I guess, this big of a contract. Um, yeah, we'll get into the details. I, I mean, you asked him, like, what did I think when I first saw it? I mean, my first reaction was, like, holy smokes. Like, 11 and a half million just because, like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Austin Matthews essentially signed an $11.5 million contract, and that felt like the largest deal in NHL history. I'm still just not used to the idea that anybody signs for even close to that much money. Um, but I guess, yeah, Ryan, you're right. Like, We heard with all the Shohei news that uh, MLSE has the most money to spend on these guys, and Willie said, oh, well, let's, let's try to get some extra <laughs> millions out of them or something because $11.5 million is nuts it's nuts it's more than david pasternak who signed at 11 and a quarter less than panarin but that's pretty well it as far as centers he's the fourth highest played player in the nhl that's crazy but more importantly he has a no move clause for all eight years so no more william nylander trade speculation <laughs> i don't know tim i well, think that me... we'll still drop a few of those nuggets in here what, for pareko <laughs> yeah that's right 
Hang on. Okay, I have a couple questions about the pod. I'm pretty that you sure all it was have like the elevator for Nick Ritchie. Those were the original ones. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, so that's yours. The elevator for Nick Ritchie. Give me another one. Another wacky deal that you were hearing oh, Chris, rumored. Chris Tanna was a Maple Leaf about ten times over with Nylander going the other way. When Nylander he was, was going there. Um, oh man, there's got to be another one. Brendan Montour from Buffalo. Like, there were it more. Goes on and on. There were I've more probably said a bad one. There were more trade proposals that had Nylander in them than not. Like everyone had Nylander, and now it's it's done. He's he's here. It's a belief. Nick Ritchie's the worst one. That's the worst one. Like every time you're ever watching the Leafs, and it's like some guy's not sticking in the top six or whatever. It's like, well, at least they're better than Nick Ritchie was. They're at least better than Nick Ritchie was, and he just got like a ten game suspension in some KHL league or wherever he's playing. Okay, I have a couple of questions about this Nylander contract that I want to go over with you guys and just get your feelings about it and how the team plays into it and the league and you guys right. as men. Um, but, yeah, like Tim said, it's eight years, $11.5 million, $92 million total. It's the largest contract Maple Leafs history. Essentially makes him the highest-paid winger in the league. And uh, it's kind of a new world order for if wingers are getting paid this much or – all of that. So, okay. Question number one. Is this contract good for the Leafs' future and just the Leafs in general? So, starting from right now, well, I mean, you know, I guess next year once it kicks in, but just like in eight years, are we going to be happy this deal was done? Go. Do we have a Stanley Cup at the end of these eight years? Well, it does this. We're Leafs fans, Steven. That's, Rule that's one good is we for are the Leafs, though. Happy. So, is what is the, the ultimate goal? which is Lord Stanley's Cup, is this contract going to help the Leafs get there? Meaning it would be good. What do you think, Tim? I think, I think so. I think it does get us closer to a cup in the near term. Uh, is William Nylander going to be an $11 million player at age 35? Uh, it is kind of funny. We talk about the, the eight years, and on one hand, it's like, oh, it's great to have him here for the whole career. But this is a case where like you, Leafs probably didn't want quite as many years. That almost... I guess it takes down what you think the theoretical cap hit is, but mm-hmm. eleven and a half, it didn't come down too much. But in the short term, and like if we're gonna call the Austin Matthews next like current contract of next four years is their prime window, I think it does get us closer in those four years. Uh, you look at the UFA market, like who else is gonna be available this summer that the money would go towards? Not good list. So um, obviously the money's gonna be hard next year with Tavares still making 11 um, before coming off the books but I think uh, Nylander makes the team better is it is this a championship team with William Nylander I still don't know that but like I think uh, overall it's good I like that he's a member of the Leafs what do you think Steven um so so he's the highest paid winger in the league, right? And Tim, well, what, what Panarin did, is parent Panarin's more second highest. Oh, well, what's Panarin? What did what did the Rangers 6. sign Panarin to? Eleven point six. He oh. deserves every penny. That guy's so good. Well, Willie only cares about being paid slightly more than Pasternak. That's pretty much it. Um, the same. I, yeah. I, Go I'm going to be maybe controversial. I'm going to lean a little bit towards no. I don't think that. And I hate I hate getting into the dollars because like I just love I love William Nylander and I'm really happy that he's a Maple Leaf and like I hope this this contract doesn't stress us out and the cap just keeps going up. But I'm gonna err on the side of caution and just assume that the cap's not gonna just continue rising because it's not like the NHL's not cooking like it maybe should be. So anyway, um, but I look at like William Nylander who yeah he's having a great season his best season ever um, and this is also a time where he's the most motivated ever to play the best ever to get paid the most ever. I mean, like we, we've all seen almost more than anybody else in the Maple Leafs. When we talk about a, a, a poor game or a good game, you look at the effort that the guys put out there and that determines the outcome of the game. And Willie is a prime guy where like when, when he's motivated and he's on, he's playing really great, and we're talking about him on the Maple Leafs, and when he is a sad sack on the ice and he's just out there for a skate, the Leafs lose, and we're talking about that on the, on, on the Leafs cast. And I think um, this year he's been uber motivated to make a ton of money because he knew 
he knew the situation that he was in and the leverage that he had where um, he was either going to get paid as pretty much as much as he wanted by the Maple Leafs or he was going to go to free agency and get paid as much as he could by a different team. So I think a contract of this similar level was coming from somewhere, and I think that Will, Willie knew that. And eleven and a half million is insane. Like when we're talking about, what'd you say, Tim? He's a third highest paid player in the league, or fourth? Uh, he's fifth, actually. Mc, okay. McKinnon at twelve six, McDavid at twelve five, Panarin so at eleven six. He's fifth. Before this season, I'm not sure how many people would have put William Melander in the top fifty players in the NHL. And he's now the fifth highest paid player in the NHL. Now that's changed. But I'm just saying that, like, all the data we've had, all the, you know, him on the team with Dion Phaneuf and Phil Kessel, all those years of data, he was, I think, still not consensus ranked as a top 50 guy in the NHL. And now he's the fifth highest paid. That's that's pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. I, um... If anything, I, I honestly I kind of go back and forth. Part of me wants to say like, <laughs> part of me just wants to say, you know what? You look back at teams who win all of it, and they often will do it on the backs of star players. You look yeah. as recently as as last year and how good Marcheseau and Stone were for Vegas and all the Stanley Cups, or at least brought them to that point that like Kucherov and Point did for Tampa. Like you need star players to deliver in the playoffs, and when you get a star player like Nylander who clearly is one at this point especially this season is playing like it you don't want to lose them like they're hard to get like like I said earlier there's tons of teams that are chomping at the bit desperate for a player like William Nylander and they can't get them and we have like three of them on our team right now arguably four if you want to include the captain so it it's is this good for the Toronto Maple Leafs absolutely because it's not easy to get a talent like William Nylander $11.5 million is the most ridiculous number, though. All that happened here was Brad said, I give up. That's how the, negoti- that's how the yeah. negotiation went. This is no negotiation. There's no way. I was. I, I meant to do the math before hopping on here, actually. But what's the equivalent number value that another team would have had to give over seven years? Because that's so much yeah. term they could give Nylander to also get to $92 million. Tim, you're an accountant. Oh. What's that number? 13.142. There's no way at all that another team was going <laughs> to offer Nylander $13.12 million. Right? There's no, no. way. So, like, th- this, in my opinion, is a solid at least a million over what he should have got paid and probably 1.5 to $2 million over what the lease should have ended up paying him because it's, it, that's just ridiculous. And you, yeah. you take it one step further... He's, like, been a career 35-goal guy. Last year, he had a breakout season where he finally hit 40. He's played 30 games, which has elevated him to be projected to hit 50, and then all of a sudden, we're just going to pay him like he's a 50-goal player over the next eight years? That's ridiculous. Like, is it not more likely that he's probably going to come back down and be, like, a 40-goal player, which should have been at, like, 10-5? Now, you say all that, but are you really going to walk away from William Elander because of like $1 million over every year? A million dollars is nothing. You could like make a mistake signing Ryan Matt, Reeves, signing Ryan Reeves. For, exactly. Or, or John Klingberg, right? Like you yeah, can make up a yeah. million dollars so easily by just not making stupid decisions like that. But what it means is the margin for error has become so much smaller. Every time that we sign these big guys to another, another, uh, another raise and we're going to see it again with Mitch Marner next year or whatever, or maybe two years from now, if he waits, but it's just like you, every time you make a mistake, you sign a Klingberg, you sign a Reeves, you sign a Samson off and, and these guys don't pan out. It, you, you feel it all the more and our, our reserve of league minimum guys like Nyes and Robertson there, we're depleting them because we keep trading them away every year. So I, I think that we're probably going to enjoy William Nealander the next three years mm. maybe and after that i think uh i don't think we're gonna like this deal very much well I think it, it, go ahead it, so it's definitely it definitely an overpay and like you say like what does he have like he has no hardware like no awards like uh, he's not an all-star right now he's not an all-star right now <laughs> he's the fifth um, highest paid player in the nhl yeah. he'll probably end up going because of the voting 
like the secondary voting, but yeah, the Swede the Swedes will vote him in. But um, I think uh, so. I do think like this is if I fail. I mean, on one hand, I say a failure on Brad just because he like I feel like anyone could have just signed given away ninety two million dollars. But there is something to be said for like the fact that he does want to stay in Toronto. Of course, he wants um, to stay in Toronto. We just give out the money. We we just roll out the carpet for these guys to like. Everyone's going to be chopping up the bit to come to Toronto. We're so <laughs> bad at negotiating. We just gave uh-huh. him everything. We we paid him everything. We gave him full no move, no trade, a huge signing bonus. Oh, like yeah. The, the one piece I do want to point out as far as uh, Nylander may be like, oh, is he a 40-goal guy? Is he a 30-goal guy? What is important is he's a point-per-game player in the playoffs. How many yeah. guys do we have like that? Any? Uh, I don't know. Not enough. He, not him, yeah, he does, him and he Riley, does, they're the best. Yeah. He does do that every year. And uh, How many goals does he have in Game 7s? He only gets them when we have the goalie pulled and we – get one but not enough that's what Neil and Neil yeah the stats are inflated there but. when you think about the goals though that you remember that the Maple Leafs have scored in the playoffs who's scoring them like you um, think of playoff goals Cody, a couple Cody of them come to mind who was the trade deadline pickup that scored the double overtime winner from Kapanen in 2017 against oh, Washington oh jeez Tim I don't know oh my gosh that, that, that's the guy I remember you don't know his name. What do you mean? This guy no, I remember. know. But I remember that he was the guy, and it's like, he was worth it. Trade Anyways. deadline pickup in 2017? I think so. Is that Plicanet? Was no. But he wasn't, he wasn't playing that high in the lineup. I think of, I mean, I think of Austin Matthews. I just think of, like, him scoring a couple of big goals against uh, Boston. It's, mm-hmm. it's always Boston, dude. I think of playoff goals. I think of Boston. I don't, I don't remember any of the other series. A guy like like William Nylander because he he has delivered in those moments and like it's ah, not a... Brian Boyle that was who it was. <laughs> All right, continue, Stephen. All six foot seven of Brian Boyle had a double overtime winner against Boston. No, I think it was captain of the double overtime winner, but he played with Boyle. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I, I guess so. We, we've gotten into the negotiation a little bit, but like, yeah. Could you have seen, like, because we talk, we talk about Brad, and, like, Brad True Living's been the Maple Leafs GM now since the summer, and he's made a handful of signings, and it's just kind of crazy because I feel like we used to, when Dubas would make these deals, we'd be like, oh, okay, any other GM in the league could have done this differently. And it doesn't seem like Brad can. So are we crazy, or what's going on here? Like, why why is it that all these guys are signing for the largest contract of any, you know, in their position. Well, it do- it doesn't make any sense. He he took a risk that Nylander was going to suck this year and say, you know what, I'm not paying you your, you know, we don't know what he's asking for. We're not paying you $10 million. We want to pay you nine five. And Nylander said, fine, I'll show you what I could do. And Nylander has the best season ever. And now he's saying, I want eleven. I want eleven five. whatever. But what doesn't make sense, like, there's no way the number was going up more, right? Like, even mm. even if Melander continued on this crazy heater pace and he had 50 goals and 105, 110 points, whatever, he, what are we going to say? Fine, Melander, take 12. I wish we got this deal done on January 9th. Like, no, this. there's no way the deal was going to get worse than it already is. So why are we signing now? It, I swear, Tree well, Living just said, "I give up. Just take the money." That that's the negotiation. I think the deal got done now because the trade deadline is coming up, and Brad so was not going to. I don't think Brad was going to lose William Nylander for nothing. I, I don't know a situation where this has happened in the past, but I think if if they got the sense that he was not going to sign uh, after the season was done or the playoffs were done. They they were going to lose him for nothing, and I think uh, they were going to trade him. I think he, he was always going to sign for ninety two million dollars, though. So it's like, I don't know. I I I feel I, like I, they maybe wanted some certainty in there. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's a respect thing. They get him in there, like just managing players' egos, and that is a dollar value. But I do think there's an element of like 
the Leafs, some somewhere, uh, management of the Leafs, they want to pay the players fairly. Like, no, for better. Like, what? I, I no, think, what are you talking about? I think that they value it. I don't say it's like not. Obviously, they're not doing shrewd business with these deals they give out. But like, I've, if you look at their payments that they make, they obviously they do outperform these contracts. Even Tavares's money, like he's probably worth the deals. But, and so, is it worth anything on the ice? I don't know. Is it like overpaying them compared to being like saving dollars and cents? It is. But like you look at these guys, like. Which is William Nylander going to provide more than eleven half million dollars of value? Likely, like the the way the NHL works is where they like uh, the star players provide excess value to what money they actually get. Yeah, uh, but like, do you do you have to pay it? No. Okay, wait, 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 hold on. You said several things there that I disagree with. You said I know, you're making faces at me. You say like what? Management is saying, you know what? I think that we would like to have Nylander at a lesser cap hit because undisputedly that helps our team. We can get better players. However, we want to be good people. So we're going to give him more money because Nylander needs a nicer boat. Is that what you're saying? No, he's saying like the, what it's what the money says. They say our player, we want our players to want to play in Toronto, not be disgruntled. They, I mean, maybe they see it as like, oh, this is the way the league is moving towards paying star players, and so they say like, rather than cut them, like, oh, like uh, looking at what Kyle Dubas did, and they uh, nickel and dimed him, he lost half a season, he's unhappy. Maybe they they aren't as uh, uh, stingy or giving out these contracts to these players, and maybe that's what causes the players to stick around. I don't well- know. On Tim's side of this, I guess, you look at John Tavares, who came to Toronto after signing, I think it was like a seven-year, $5.5 million deal in Long Island because they were like, we're going to get good players around you. We're going to win a bunch of Stanley Cups. And neither of those things happened. John Tavares is like, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. I'm out of here. I guess I can see what you mean, but then when you say the fair value why is it like then every other player in the league is underpaid because they are underpaid like mcdavid should be making 20 it's tough though i i know what you're talking about those like things online that are like here's the actual value that these guys are showing but like i feel like i i I don't know if you built a team based on all these guys like where's the money for the third line because we still don't have like a third line and a fourth line we're happy with i i I disagree tim that mcdavid should be paid 20 this isn't basketball where you bring in two players who are the best two players in the league and then all of a sudden you're going to win the championship and who cares who the other i don't even know how many people are on the court in basketball five how the other five people are like ice hockey is completely different than basketball it's, it's completely you you have you can see it right now with toronto and edmonton those are perfect examples where you have these top heavy teams and you're paying your stars so much money the leafs are going to be have like four of the top like six highly paid players on their roster next year it's ridiculous and we have nothing else for the rest of the lineup we're going to have a third and fourth line of like league minimum players. We have like one good defenseman. We have no goalies. We have no goalies. Hey. Tim. Whoa. Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall's you... on one leg. Martin Jones. <laughs> Listen, I, I think. He's the future, Ryan. He's going to win the Vesna. You, you can see it with all, every time a team wins the Stanley Cup. How many times are we like, man, but they were so deep down the middle or like they had six quality NHL defensemen or like. They won on their third goalie or something. Like, it's it's more than just, like, they had these high all-star players. Let's just give them the moon. You need a team to support them. You need depth scoring. You need good defensemen all the way down. Like, you need all these things. And no team is perfect. That's the nature of a salary cap error. But that doesn't mean that you could just say, we want to make sure William Nylander's happy and paid fair. Half million dollars. We need to pay him the third high second highest paid wigger in the league because he had one good season well, that's ridiculous i'm not saying that was the smart move i'm saying like obviously this is the what the eighth contract in a row where the leafs have overpaid their players david camp still riding off into the sunset with his fourth line money um but so like well and that's like what you're saying though is the other side of the argument would you take i mean i'm restricted for agency would you take two four million dollar players pay them both six million dollars because that's what a ufa costs instead of william nylander 
Is, like, is, would you rather have that than William Nylander on your team? Right now, what is what does Morgan Riley make? Seven million. Seven that and a half. Seven and a half million. How great would it be to have another number one defenseman, but not even like a Riley esque? Like, think prime Jake Muzzin defenseman to play on our decor, and you get like another Tyler Bertuzzi on your team. Like that that would be great. Well, we, we would love that. What what Tim's getting at though is like I don't even know who who that guy is. Like, like this is kind of the move they had to make because like free agency kind of just like isn't what it used to be and I, I like there's no Petrangelo coming into free agency this year that the Leafs can just sign to that deal um there's always so, someone though like you saw just like a, two years ago all of a sudden Monahan goes to uh Columbus like what the heck is that like there's every year there's great players who go from team to team there's lots of teams who are offloading talent because now they suck and they're looking to move some contracts around like you get creative you find some players there's lots of other players out there okay so let's Ryan tj brody may be the best ufa defenseman available this year not quite so you you trade for a guy who has two years left on his deal like what matthew nice trade anything like we have nothing there's you're you're thinking of it too simply. You're just like, who's the UFA, and who only has one deal left, one year left on their deal? Because that's what usually happens. But you could do other stuff than that. I don't have so, a list of names. Sorry, I didn't do my homework. Okay, moving the conversation along a bit. We're still on Nylander, though. But we were talking about this yesterday after the deal got done. That like this this amount of money and this amount of commitment by the Leafs t- tells me that in their hierarchy of important guys that we're keeping around. Austin Matthews is now number one, and William Nylander is now number two, where mm-hmm. it used to feel like Austin Matthews is number one and Mitch Marner is number two. And it's not to say that Mitch Marner's game has fallen off of the cliff, but it kind of feels like by doing this, like the Leafs can't possibly sign uh, Mitch Marner to an even bigger deal or they are, maybe Steven. something like that. They or, are going well, to. I'm saying and John Tavares or something like can can the Leafs continue to keep doing this or does this essentially mean that maybe the Leafs decide like, like you're talking about you'd love to have the money from a Nylander and have these other pieces well maybe it's not Nylander's money it's John Tavares's money or Mitch Marner's money what do you guys think the Leafs's five-year plan is right now where do you see yourself in five years Tavares is in a totally different conversation because he's the other side of it, right? Like his next contract's going to be less. So for him, it really depends on how much less maybe that is going to be. What's well, not going up? What do you think he's going to make twelve no, no. billion dollars? I, I said it in the chat, and I qu- I challenge the listeners as well that you got to find me the team captain that signed the big money contract and then took significantly less to stick around with that same team. I don't know. If, well, I don't know who's not, done that. Hold on, but I'm not saying he's going to take a home team discount and sign for $2 million. I'm just saying it's going to be less than the $11 million he's making right now. Like, if you yeah. want to look at what fair market value, if you were re-signing Tavares today, it's probably something close to like 6 or $7 million. And maybe he signs for $8 million, which is more than that. But it's still less. So he's going downhill. It's, it's Marner that's the other one where it's like he's going to want to raise. He's going to say, pay me... Like Matthews, he's probably going to say, I'm not signing after this year because this is a down year. I'm going to wait and I'm going to sign halfway through the season like Willie. He's probably going to be playing with Matthews and have 100 points by April. And we're going to sign him to like $12.5 million. It's It's very obvious to me that that's the projection we're going down. So then that that only works if John Tavares, I feel like, actually does take that hometown discount. I don't know. I don't know that that's happening. If, if there what, ever was what's a guy, a hometown discount. What is this number in your head that is John Tavares takes a hometown discount? Like, like seven million bucks. I think that's just that's what he's going to get because that's fair. I know. Like he, so I'm he's saying, a yeah, line I'm saying that's Tavares fair. He's going to take I, his three kids to Arizona, be, over a, over a million bucks after he's just gotten a hundred million dollars. Again, no. again. He he's the perfect candidate of a guy to do it if I've ever seen one, right? He's back home. He became the captain of his team. He's got the family here. But find me the example 
of the guy that did that, that signed for the lesser amount of money. Where is Jonathan Taves right now? He retired. <laughs> like, what do you want? Where is Steven Stamkos going to be in a year? Oh, he'll stay in Tampa. Are you kidding me? What you think you, are you kidding me? It does not yeah, sound like he's going to stay in Tampa. I think he'll because stay in Tampa. He wants that money and they're not gonna it doesn't sound like they want to give it to him. I don't see that happening. I don't see it, okay. I guess Steve, I guess Steven, I see it happening Zadino because there's a lot Chara of when the trajectory that you're looking for. Yeah, Sorry, but you Boston, keep talking about examples. I do seven, not want to talk about Boston right now. I don't don't even half, bring them seven, up anymore five, on the podcast. Two, one. <laughs> That's that we're not talking about Boston. They obviously know this contract stuff different than us. I'm saying like I'd love for it to happen and maybe it does, but in NHL history it doesn't happen. I mean doesn't you're not happen. wrong. Clearly the Leafs don't know how to negotiate a contract, so you you do have a point there, Steven. So I don't know. Like like I, I don't I don't know okay, so I guess you guys are both saying that like, yes, the Leafs will just continue to keep a bunch of high-paid guys, and John Tavares is going to get a big deal, and Mitch Marner is going to get a big deal. Well, here's the thing, Steve. Everyone's Mitch, retiring Mitch as Marner, a Mitch Marner and John Tavares, from right now until their contract expires, both have full no-trade clause. Like, it's not like a 10-team thing. It's not like we want to be fair to the players. They have full <laughs> no-trade. So if they don't want to go anywhere, they're not going anywhere, and they could walk for free if they want to in UFA, but we're not going to let them do that. We're going to sign them both to an extension. I feel like, Tim, I will, feel like it, it Ryan... It might not be good for the Maple Leafs, uh, like Tim indicated. Like, we're we're going to have, like, 82% of our cap taken up by four players still. But I think that's what's going to happen. Tim, Tim, I feel like Ryan and I were coming after you for your comments earlier um, about, you know, like, being fair. And then you and Ryan were just coming after me about my comments <laughs> about John Tavares. I feel like... <laughs> Ryan's just kind of in the middle. He's sitting on the fence. He hasn't decided if this contract's Anything. even good or not. I think we both need to come after Ryan for some hot I, take that he has. I only have correct takes. So Ryan wants to. Do. Ryan wants to pull a Vancouver Canucks and overpay all the third liners that are going to take him to the promised land. So like, have fun Listen, with that. We have the top end talent. We have Tim. Our our decor sucks, man. Like we have Morgan Riley, who's Don't great. Don't Timothy like, No one else who's there. I I don't even know what to, is is Lilligren peaked. Is he like what he is right now? No, which is no. like like twenty three or something. No, he's old. I think he's twenty four. Either way, <laughs> we have Giordano who's old. We have Brody who's old. Riley's only getting older. Like it's not good. And the goalies don't even. We'll get talked about the goalies after. But I still don't like our goaltending. Okay, um, I guess we're, we've been going on William Nylander for a while. I mean, he deserves it. He's been on the team for a long time, but. Um, any any final uh, William Melander thoughts before you move on with the podcast? Ryan, I guess my final smart. my final thing I'd like to say is I I know I threw a lot of shade through this William Melander discussion here, but most of that goes towards Bradtree Living and his inability to say no when Melander asks for the moon. I I am happy that Melander still gonna be on his team because that guy is fun to watch. Like all these guys, Matthews, Marner, Melander. They make for some entertaining hockey, and I'm glad we get eight more years of watching Nylander work. How about some entertaining hockey tonight? The Leafs just absolutely, uh, we're going to say, uh, shellacked the Sharks for the second time in a row. Just let them die, Toronto Maple Leafs. Just let them <laughs> die. I don't know uh, who that first overall pick is, but the Sharks are still trying hard their their best on that lottery odds to get them. Macklin Celebrini is the first overall. It kind of sounds like a fish, like a shark. <laughs> Macklin. Macklin to San Jose. Um, we'll see. Speaking of the Maple Leafs and the team and scoring goals and playing well, so Austin Matthews just notched his 31st goal of the season in 36 games. He's on pace for his best goal scoring season forever or in his career. Um, and I believe he now holds the highest goals per game uh, average in the NHL career over Alex Ovechkin. He's reached that level. Um, pretty good. <laughs> I didn't have any other thought. <laughs> no, yeah, he's no, that's pretty Is he good. good? Yes you know or no? Real good. That third liner, David Camp. Like, All pay, right. pay calm, that guy $5 calm down, calm down. Uh, that's pretty good. I mean, so you look at his deal. He's getting paid $13 million. 
I the the better Austin Matthews does is just the best because it will just further separate him from Mitch Marner, and might help <laughs> future the contract negotiations. I don't know. He's, the NHL hard cap is done for us. We've all become accountants. Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, well, I I can't wait for that. And when we we talk about all these like deals in the future, the cap could go up like crazy every year. Maybe that happens. I mean, it goes up like like fifteen twenty million dollars every year in the in the NFL. Like, let's just keep it going up. I don't know. They got the Bettman's got to keep doing his job. Open up a couple more teams. We'll we'll get the salary cap. Give us up. Uh, what you, you want to see the full jersey ads, just the billboards. If it means the cap goes up an extra million. Before we signed this deal, did anyone a hundred percent confirm there's no more pandemics going on? I <laughs> no what's one going sees. On? <laughs> no, it's, um, uh, it's it's pretty impressive what Austin Matthews doing here. It feels weird because he started the season so hot, and then right when Nylander decided to explode around that Sweden trip, he really kind of disappeared, and he, he kind of showed shades of last year Matthews, which was still very good, but it was nowhere near what his projections are now. And, you know, over the last month or maybe two months even, he's just, like, dialed it up again, and it it's unbelievable what he does here. And you could really see it over this California road trip plus one of, you know, San Jose this past night where he just like th- these bad teams don't even have an answer for him. He just gets the puck and does whatever he wants out there. And he get he brings it to not even a good spot. Like that goal he scored uh, this seven, one game where San Jose, like that wasn't a good shooting spot. He's like way off against the boards, like almost at the goal line and just like roofs it at the top shelf. It's, it's pretty impressive what he's putting together here this year. Yeah. He's back to that level where it doesn't look like he's trying, like he's, like he's otherworldly a little bit. Like he just like drops his stick to the ice and you're right. It just goes bar down in the teeniest little sliver that, um, uh, was left there wide open. Like that's crazy. And him um, and Marner look like they have some good chemistry going again. Like it looks like it did a couple years ago in that Hart Trophy year. And I know Marner had a couple goals tonight, but even just like the playmaking, they're finding each other again. It, it just they make it look like a video game out there. Maybe it's recency bias because we played so many bad teams recently. But it's nice to see that duo returning to form. Tim's famous eighty goal line comes to mind. So. I'm just glad that we're like the regression is actually helping us and we're like improving our record against these terrible teams because for a while it was like, ugh, we're facing Ottawa at the bottom of the standings. Chalk up the L. Mm-hmm. Skip this game. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, I mean, you say, Tim, you know, 80 goals is what he wants. I mean, Austin Matthews is on pace for well over 70 right now. Uh, 50 and 50 is not completely out of reach if he can get some more two goal games. And it is crazy because, yeah, like, you know, we're talking about a potential 50 in 50. And, Ryan, you're talking about that, like, cold stretch he had there. I think it was, like, one goal in seven games he had at one point. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I just love to see it. I mean, when when he's cooking, the Leafs are cooking, and he's cooking. I think tonight was the 90th time that uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have scored in the same game. So, um, speaking of scoring goals in games, Nicky Robb. Nicholas Robertson. Hang on, let me find the Nicky Rob drop. Just kidding, I don't have one. Uh, just kidding, I do. You'll get it later. Because he, he's been scratched. <laughs> so he's, he was scratched at the California road trip uh, in favor of Pontus Holmberg on the third line. And what do you guys think of that? I didn't mind it. So Keith actually had a quote fairly recently. Basically said like Robertson's proved he can stay in the NHL, but what he hasn't done is like set himself apart from the other guys. And I thought that that was fairly accurate in that, like, he's stayed healthy, which has been the biggest, the, probably the biggest question mark he has answered. Um, I think he's played, like, 25 games or so. Um, and he's had flashes of showing, like, that energy or such, but hasn't screamed, put me in the top six. Mm. Um, so, I and, like, not to say that Holmberg has as well, but I think just balancing between like i like this idea of cycling out these bottom guys have a little more competition not to say you change about every game just want to let the guys get in a rhythm but you want to keep people hungry for those spots but it's not even like he's not screaming put me in the top six it's like can you be an effective third line player and the answer this season has been well the best he's been able to provide is when he's on a line with max domi as third line center and they're able to get a little something going sometimes 
but that line is so porous defensively that it ends up being like a net zero or even a net negative because anything that they give you offensively, they're giving back in just like a neutral mm. zone tur- turnover. And you could tell that Keith hates that because of their ice time. Like Domi's at like adding 10 minutes a night and Robertson's below that. That's not third line minutes, that's fourth line minutes. So it's it's like, it's it makes me think of what what Keith values in his players is Yarncrook, right? Someone who is like, I can put this guy out there with anyone in any situation. I know what he's going to give me. He's not going to burn me. He's going to get the puck into the other end of the ice, maybe score a goal or two and just turn the tide the other way. You can't or Klingberg or all these other players that our GM is bringing in. And it makes me wonder if maybe there's a disconnect between what Brad Tree Living sees for this team and what Sheldon Keefe sees for this team. And Sheldon Keefe is not Tree Living's GM. I know that Tree Living extended him, but he didn't sign him in the first place, and he extended him before he even saw him play or they even worked together. So it makes me wonder, like, Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe, they were such a pair. But I think that if Brad Tree Living had the choice right now, like, hey, it's the draft, and do I want to draft Nick Robertson on this team? I don't think Sheldon Keefe would be saying, yeah, that's a player I want. Sheldon Keefe would be saying, I want a different player. But that's the t- the kind of player that Brad decided to bring in this offseason. Very offense, not a lot of defense, kind of one-trick pony. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like Keefe's fit, and I don't know where his place is going to be with the Maple Leafs moving forward. Well, I, I mean, there was just like rumblings that could be that they're maybe considering moving him, right? Or like seeing what the team looks like without him and if that's an option because I don't know what his like trade value is anymore because it's just been – so long since nothing. it was like Nicky Rob mania, but um, I don't know. I kind of think it's the wrong decision to take him out unless it was like literally to light a fire under his pants. Because like obviously they sit him out for three games. Um, he uh, he scores a goal tonight, and I think tonight was the first game back. So you know maybe it worked. Um, but like when you replace him then with Pontus Holmberg, where, where you talk about like where's Nicky Rob going to slot in the lineup? Like we know that Pontus Holmberg will probably never be a top six kind of guy yes. so when you're bringing him into that bottom six like you're you're slowing down the development of Mickey Rob who again is a still a very young guy and I didn't like the decision I guess by Keith. yeah um I, I com- was- and I completely agree Stephen because here's the thing like he's played so few games like he has such a little experience not just in the a- NHL but in the AHL too like he's been injured so much and you have to think that just the more he plays the more he'll be able to like read the ice and read the plays and know when not to make that pinch mm-hmm. and when just to get the puck deep and get off and not try to make a play in the neutral zone like those are things that experience teaches you and he does have that upside to get there to maybe be in the top six and we don't have anyone else coming like we don't have a lot right. like it's bobby mcmahon like that's who we have in the i know he's your favorite Fra- player Frazier minton Fraser he had like minton. two points right, at the Cowan. world juniors Ryan Reeves is almost healthy again. Oh my goodness. Like we, we I think that players like that have value for us in the future, but I don't think he's getting much sitting out. Like unless if it's yeah, for one game to make a statement, I guess. Like we saw that with Camp, but that was know. uh that was in his home it, he's he's from California. I don't know where in California, but he's from California. They sat him at home. I was sitting there like Shoot, they're sitting him at home. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore is the one from California. And then I was like, look it up. No, wait, it's also Nicky Robb. <laughs> Big Trevor Moore drop on the podcast. Oh, you're a Trevor Moore fan. Oh, if he was on the Leafs, he'd be getting $11.5 for sure. <laughs> okay. Full trade. Anything else on Nicky Robb from the nope. group? So, goal I mean, tending. I like th- I mean, Noah, Noah Gregor is the real fourth-line story, so it's just whoever has the best chemistry with Noah Gregor. It's true. No. You, are we talking about ran, the random $1 million fill-in guys? Can, can we talk about Simon Benoit, my actual new favorite Maple Leafs player? <laughs> this guy. LA game? And I feel bad because I think the last time we were on this pod, I was talking about how, like, well, I kind of like the game that Lagason's giving us, and, and Benoit's been fine. Benoit is now he's my favorite Maple Leaf, I think. The effort this guy plays with, he's out there punishing. He has played 22, no, as of tonight, 23 games uh, on the Maple Leafs, and he has, wait, 
He has a point. Never mind. He got a point. He didn't have a point until uh, tonight. It was 22 games, zero points. I commented that on a Facebook or on, a, on an Instagram post and got absolutely railed. Um, but anyway, he um, uh, and then tonight he takes the high stick, gets the double minor, which results in two uh, goals for the Leafs. But he's bleeding like a faucet from his nose and still comes back out there all stuffed up. And I guess he got a freaking point. Simon Benoit is my guy. Officially, he's my guy. Nobody else can have him. All right. You can have him and Bobby McMahon. They're your boys. No, I still I don't want Bobby McMahon. I want that really handsome guy we had in our fourth line from a couple years ago. Blackwell. <laughs> Blackwell. Call him Blackwell. And Call him Blackwell. Tim, you said you're applying for Noah Gregor as your guy? I'll, I would, I'd take Noah Gregor as my guy. Okay. Ryan? Uh, Bobby Hastings. To think? Bobby Who? Hastings. You don't know Bobby Hastings, Stephen? What was he in like you, you grade eight math class? Who's manager. Bobby Hastings? He's their equipment manager. Come on, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> Do you guys, Tim? Did you actually know who Bobby Hastings was? Absolutely. Uh, you remember, you know, they showed that clip like five hundred times of oh, passing with the, fingers? the stick over the thing as as uh, Marner you guys are nerds. ripped up the ice. And... All right, let's get into goaltending, Stephen. Well, so um, I, I got a couple of thoughts, but I guess to recap for the the listeners here, I don't know if wall was out the last time we potted it had been a while but wall was gone uh injury yeah no that we definitely talked about the last time that we potted but uh martin jones has stepped in he's played like 100 games in a row and he's looked really good he's looked really good he's looked like vintage martin jones it's funny i think yes because it was last time and we were all and i had no faith in martin jones because i thought he's like 38 years old turns out he's 32 or 33 33 33 still has life in him um no he's been really impressed like i remember uh right after like soon after the injury happened and the analysts were talking like oh who's gonna play more games this season is it gonna be joseph wall or Ilya samsonov and i scoffed i thought like no samsonov will come back he'll bounce he'll... martin jones is just an also ran he's a calvin pickard he's done and then samsonov Nothing like no bounce back, no signs of life at all. Sent him down the minors. I guess we'll see what what happens. Like maybe he'll pull a Jack Campbell. Like, he has not, not actually playing for the Marlies, but like he maybe practiced with some. Gone, he's done. So but it sounds Martin like he Jones might. Has been like one of the most impressive goalies in the league over the past few months. I saw a stat somewhere that said like he's one of the top teams in the league for goaltending stats when you take out Samsonov's starts. Which is crazy, considering we have about one million dollars. We have like William Nylander's rounding error allocated <laughs> to our goaltenders. There was, um, if there's one aspect of Kyle Dubas's tenure here with Toronto that was an absolute disaster, it was goaltending. You know, you have Garrett Sparks, you have Matt Murray. You know, it's just like the list goes on of these just like horrible. Was Hutchinson with? Um, Hutchinson as well, yeah. Hutchinson oh, as well, yeah. So like, it was just like a never-ending carousel of horribleness and goal. And the one thing that he got right was Jack Campbell, but turns out he's not very good either. He just kind of had a he drank uh, Michael Jordan's special sauce or whatever that stuff was called in Space Jam. The secret, the stuff, the secret stuff. Secret is that stuff. what it was? Anyway, Mike's um, Mike's secret stuff. I think I think that's what it was. The one thing that Brad Tree Living has done well since getting to the Maple Leafs is signing Martin Jones. That is the best signing that he made. Because I remember when it happened, and I was just thinking, like, this doesn't matter. He's our number three. Like, this isn't even worth talking about because the number three never plays. He'll play, like, five games. He gets waived. And, and he goes to Arizona. He got waived, and we're all just like, he'll surely get picked up because Tampa literally did not have a goaltender. And he just stayed. And he was with... He, he got through. And now he's, like, the most important part of our team because Samsonov is just gone and probably never see him again. Wallace gets still going to be out for another like month. Hill to be for whatever reason is not playing. They just want to keep playing Wall, and Jones. he's or sorry Jones, and he has been very very good since coming in. However, when this gets down to playoff time, are any of you comfortable with saying you know what we're going to go on a deep playoff run on the back of Martin Jones? Would you be? Well, and would you say Wall. that that's a good? No 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 no. 
on the back of Martin Jones. Just say like he's going to be our starter because Wall doesn't have it or he's injured again or whatever it is. Are you saying that you're going to say we can do this with Martin Jones? Are you comfortable with that? Well, okay. Well, if that was in that hypothetical situation, you're saying Wall's like on IR. He will not be available yes, to us in the playoffs. Right. No, we'd have to bring in somebody else as a backup. Okay. Okay. That's so not Hill to be. We, we, we already agree that like Jones is not the guy that we want to rely on for the playoffs. So let's look at Wall, who's literally the only other option that we have. He's played like no NHL games, incredibly small sample size. It was good in that in that sample that he played, but now he's going to be out for months with an ankle sprain. And who are you to say that he's not going to come back from that? And just not have it anymore. And maybe he'll be great years down the line because he'll have a full offseason again to prepare. And he's still young, so he's still going to get better. But this is a long injury that he's off for. And I don't think it's like even close to a hot take to say that Wall's going to come back and he's just not going to have it. Or at least he's not going to be nearly as good as he was before he got injured. That's a hard thing to come back from. So now all of a sudden you have Wall, who's coming back from this very long injury, who has a very short track record and, like, two playoff games experience under his belt, and Jones, who's, like, Tim just said it, he's 47 years old. Like, we can't rely on this guy. So our goaltending is not good. If we lose in the playoffs, it's going to be because of goaltending. Mark my words. Here's the problem, though. There are about three goaltenders who are considered – above average in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, all, and all of them are not available. So, like, there are hardly any goaltenders in the league that I would literally pay more than a fifth-round pick for, hmm. it, little on the salary. And so I think it's just – it is what it is. Like, I've seen so many goalie trades pan out to nothing. They have a, I don't know if it's the new system, new defense – they, goalies are all crazy. Every D- single one. David Riddick, another Dubis pickup. Dave. <laughs> I, I think uh, Martin Jones is ex- an example, though, of that goalies are all voodoo because right now a little bit of what he's doing is voodoo. Like he was available to every other team in the NHL at one point this off season, and uh, well, twice could have been signed and he was waived, and he was not picked up. Um, I, I kind of feel like though, Rye, what you're stressing about, like you need to relax a little bit, like. If the playoffs, hang on, if the playoffs come around and Wall is not here, yes, we're going to get a backup or whatever, but like Wall's going to be the guy at that point, and, and, and he should be. Like, I don't Here's see the a... thing, though. I, Martin Jones might be the guy. Martin Jones yeah. uh, was the guy in for like those San Jose peak years. Like, looking at his he's stats, good. he's played like, a what, lot seven of seven years games. ago. What are you okay. talking about, Tim? He. Hey. He is just 33 years old. <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay, th- Tim, this is the thing that we get to come after Ryan about. Listen, the over 30 club, okay, he's 33. Well that's past like, his prime. Is that, that's basically goalie prime, right, Tim? Okay, so, but if when we're, we're like going to be, be relying on Martin Jones here, why are we running him into the ground instead of playing Hill to be against the worst team in the league? I don't know. Like, like if you're going to rely on this guy down the stretch, don't put him in his grave in January. But again, you're talking about his grave like he's 40 years old and is falling. <laughs> like he's Geo. He's 33. Lundqvist was playing like 70 games a season until he was like 38. <laughs> Same with Broder. I think Broder was thirty was 33 for 10 years. I think he's going to be fine. They're playing him a, a lot just for any goalie right now. But if Wall is – or sorry, if Jones is the guy, I'm doing the same thing. That's okay. I Like – like right now, if we had to go into the playoffs, I would rather have Jones than this figurative guy that we're trading for, like Big Save Dave. All I'm saying is that we have well below average goaltending, incredibly below average, arguably AHL defense, and half of our forwards card doesn't even enter our zone. They just wait up the middle for the puck to come to them. So we have like we we got to have the worst defensive metrics as a team whole in the National Hockey League, and you guys were like, nah, it's fine. This guy's only 33, which is like three years past what your prime is in this NHL. Like, he's he's down the hill. So let me get this straight. Ryan wants to keep William Nylander, sign, overpay for third liners, get defense, and bring in a Vesna win a goaltender. I was the one saying 
we could do better with eleven and a half million dollars elsewhere. I'm saying that they could buy you like let's get Markstrom from from Calgary. Like that's a, an upgrade. No then way. You feel Markstrom is that. an anchor. Markstrom is how old is Markstrom? Oh, you've got him googling now, Ryan. Let's see what you did. <laughs> I actually don't know. Ryan, He's not that old. Markstrom is, he? is thirty-three. Is he, is he really? Wow. He's okay. thirty-three. I, I rescind the comment. I actually thought he was much younger than that. I oh. rescind. Tim, do you? Oh, geez, my lights just turned off because I go to bed, you know, relatively soon because I'm, I'm not thirty-three yet. Hang on, turn these lights back on. Get those lights on. Anyway. Um, well, Ryan, tell. you you've got to stop besmirching the over thirty club. We're all it. gonna be fine. <laughs> all of us are gonna be fine. Give well, me a break. we'll see. You know, you know, goaltending voodoo. There's not enough good ones. Here's the deal. Going back to the World Juniors, right? Canada has all these great forwards, all these great defensemen that they're bringing in, but consistently, every single time, Canada does not have the best goaltenders at this tournament. Or in general, feels like the era of the stud Canadian goaltender has been long gone. And we were even talking about the other day if, like, they go back to uh, the Olympics again, what's Canada going to do? It's time for you guys and myself to start breeding. That's right, start creating <laughs> children and putting the pads Here's the on thing, them. Here's the thing, though. If you're good at hockey, if you have any sense, you're not being a goalie. You look at, like, goalies have three years of getting average money, and then they're horrible. You want to be a forward. So all the Center. good hockey players in Canada are all being forwards. Specifically, Tim, a forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They just oh, hand out the money. They just hand out the money. All about fair wages, Ryan. Fair oh, wages. My goodness. I really wanted to be a goalie growing up, and one year for, like, Christmas or something I got – like a, a street hockey goalie equipment kit or whatever. I think grandma got it from liquidation world or something <laughs> and get this. It came with the two leg pads and then two gloves. <laughs> interesting. No so I'm just saying liquidation world for the fact that you didn't become a goalie. I, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm saying that Canada could have been robbed of the next great Canadian goaltender because <laughs> my goalie kit came with two gloves. Well, uh, although Ryan would have like cut me from his team because I'm over 30 now, so I, would. I guess never mind. I couldn't have played, but I've seen you in your back. You're all washed up. Oh my goodness! All right, um, what do you guys want to see from the Leafs in the next week? We it, we, we play a we lot of games. Look at the Leafs and say we're never happy about them. And we're all, they keep winning. I'm we're really happy they spot. scored seven goals tonight against the Sharks. Yeah, and, they let one in. What is that? Uh, that goalie to the curb. Some kid's <laughs> first goal uh, ever. I, it was <laughs> funny when that happened. I kind of felt bad. I was like, oh, Jones let a goal in tonight because he like never does anymore. We play some real playoff teams coming up. We play like Detroit and uh, I think Edmonton's coming up. Colorado. Colorado. Um, Oh, the Islanders, right? We played lots of playoff teams. Go. We just oh, had this Islanders like aren't a playoff team. They're washed out. Aren't they in the playoffs? I think they are. Eh. I think well, that'll be a anyway. test then for your boy Jones, right? You know, like sure, maybe it's easy to beat up on the Sharks and Ducks in consecutive nights, but let let's see up against some really good good teams here. Well, even just the Leafs in general, like they've also been very solid defensively around Jones like it's not just Jones standing on his head getting shutouts and only allowing one goal in like we've been shutting teams down but like we have some really offensively talented teams Islanders excluded from that list coming up here um, and I want to see them keep doing it like we've just won four in a row the team that's about to pass Boston for first in our division is Florida they've won eight in a row like, let's do There's that. There's some crazy ste- streaks around the NHL. Like, yeah, Florida won eight. Winnipeg won seven. Uh, L.A. lost six. Seattle won seven. Edmonton won eight. Uh, San Jose lost 12. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, that's coming off of, like, didn't they lose their first, like, like their first 15 or something like that? <laughs> it's not good. Where's the Pistons? Did the Pistons win again <laughs> since they played the Raptors? Uh, uh, oh, man. Hey, Tim, ask again uh, what do you want to see from the Leafs this week? Uh, Steven, what would you like to see? Dennis Hildeby in net <laughs> one night. That's what I want to see. The 6'7 Swedish goaltender that was touted as the 
the the savior. I'd like to see him play in net this week. That would be That's nice. Right. That would I be nice. honestly don't think it's going to happen. That Sunday, um, January fourteenth against Detroit. Second night of the back to back against a division rival. They'll do it. Okay. Uh, are we wrapping up? I got one more thing. All right. What do you got? Well, I kind of felt bad. Um, the last time that we potted, uh, we did our World Juniors quiz, which you guys are roasting me for for some reason. Sorry for sorry for trying around here, guys. Anyway, I said whoever won could talk about whatever they wanted for like a couple minutes, and Tim won. We never did that. So, uh, Tim, enjoy the next two minutes to talk about whatever you want. Go. Two minutes. All right. We're going to talk about the Taylor Swift uh, concert, Tim. What would you think? The Eras Tour. Uh, rather impressive. Choreography, top-notch. Uh, Taylor Swift's endurance go three hours. I tell her, she should be our conditioning coach. There you go. Whoever hot take. She, I mean, she, whoever she did, has worked with her could uh, work with the Leafs. She did a couple nights at the Scotiabank Arena. Like She, she might have made more money than William Nylander did in those two nights. <laughs> Honestly. I believe it. I believe it. Tim, you're up. only at 30 seconds. Oh. <laughs> I, well, I just treat the whole podcast about things that I want to talk about. You guys are just along for the ride. That's fair. You worked really hard in that, and you're you're just mailing it in at 40, 44 seconds of. I'll I'll take I'll take a rain check next time I want. Next time you go off on something I don't care about, I'll say Stephen. Nope, my turn to talk. <laughs> All right, Tim. We owe you one minute and one, ten seconds of time, and you get to catch it in whenever. Put it in the you mail. Make a note. Maybe right. I'll, I'll I I'm gonna create a quiz of things that Steven knows nothing about. <laughs> Facial hair. Facial hair. Excuse me. <laughs> Stash looking good. All is right. It? Nobody actually says that, is it? <laughs> well, it's looking something. Yeah, that's all I say is look at the stash. The stream is low res, but, you know, there's a few pixels there. All right, go Leafs go. The Hildebeest. He's playing this Two gloves. Two gloves, Hildebeest. 